This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Um, I am Emily. You know me, the one with the vocal fry. And I'm Jen. <laughs> Jen and I, I think. My- it is. It's really easy, which I think is good when you're listening to a podcast to have different voices. Yeah, right. You know, that you know. But we are so excited because we have a, a lot of gardener here today. And here is the deal. I have been, a lot of probably knows, I've been essentially stalking. I've been um, biting at your ankles for quite some time. Is that a saying? <laughs> Yeah, like like a little chihuahua. That's how I imagine myself to Alana. Every fitness studio she has worked at, I have been going. It's true. She like hunted her down. I do. So for a while. So Alana, thank you for being here. Yes. It's, it's, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. So Alana, um, you are a marriage and family therapist mm-hmm. and fitness professional. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I am a marriage and family therapist. Anything who knows anything about Emily and Jen, like we all went through the same program. So yeah. I went through the program. I think we're, I'm a year ahead of you guys Yes. in the program. Two years. Really? The, I thought it was a year. No, you were two years, but you were there when we were there because you were finishing up your hour. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, and you, and you all will hear the backstory as to why I was still there yeah. finishing up my hours. Um, so, uh, you know, <laughs> so I'm a marriage and family therapist, and I'm also a fitness instructor here in Philadelphia. Um, and I've just have had this sort of wild ride of merging, um, I think, physical wellness with mental and emotional and relational wellness. And now I've hit a point in my life where I am... I don't know if we'll call it like a rebrand or what, but I think I'm finding my stride in who I am as a therapist post-grad school. Mm -hmm. And it really is about that sort of like holistic wellness and not holistic wellness in like the whole like unwell document uh, uh, documentary that's like all over um, Netflix right now. Not in that sense. I want to check that out, yes. (laughs) Oh, you you must. Um, But not... You 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 must you must check it out. Um, it, it, it's very unwell, um, but it's pure <laughs> orthorexia, right? It's 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 it covers a lot of different things that are I think are very fads yes. right now in in sort of the wellness industry. But for me, when I say holistic wellness, it's not always like uh, I think about like fasting or like crystals or whatever not that there's anything completely wrong with any of those things I think for me I'm I'm very holistic meaning like the whole person Mm -hmm. so you know everything that kind of you know the the pillars of what makes a human being a human being um in the work that I do it's like your physical self your emotional self your mental self um your spiritual self and your relational self so I try to look at I think all people that I work with and 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 you know, couples that I work with from a holistic standpoint and really trying to, cause everybody has, I think like a different, um, either in to themselves, like a different like gateway or entry point into who they are. Uh, for me, I've learned that it's like my physical body, like, you know, whenever I feel out of sorts or whenever I want to kind of get a, some additional information about myself, it's usually physically presenting first, whereas somebody else, they might be more, you know, heady. So they might be more analytical or, or mental. Um, for other people, it's really the, about their relationships and that's how they discover more about themselves. So that's um, kind of where I'm at right now in, in my life and my work. So a lot of that, and so your story, 
is amazing. And so really what we want to talk about today is like resiliency, because when we talked about doing an episode on resiliency, I was like, we have to have a lot on, because for me, you are peak resiliency. Thank you. Sometimes but- it doesn't feel like that, but... <laughs> <laughs> like really so I was wondering like if you could tell a little bit about that because you were already on your journey of being a therapist before this happened really well like, yeah so yeah. I literally um so I, I, I will reveal the big the big event um now and then kind of work backwards to how it all came to be but when you both were in school um I had I literally had my heart attack and open heart surgery when I was in like my, literally my last semester of my last year of grad school. Wow. I was literally weeks away from like defending my master's thesis. I literally was going to like go home that, that day, drink like a whole bottle of wine and do like my master's thesis. I was like, I'm with, this is just the plan. It's this bottle of wine, this computer, and this master's thesis, yeah. let's go, it's go time. Um, and it ended up not not happening that way. So what ended up, so so to kind of rewind and back up, is that, um, you know, when I, when I was growing up, I kind of like always have been very active and extremely into fitness. Like one of my first memories is like doing like this um, Barbie workout video that had Jennifer Love Hewitt doing like the workout oh moves with like Barbie in the background. My dad had bought it for me. I used to like watch like ESPN two and work out with like the ESPN fitness pros. Like I glide, like I'm like probably aging myself, but like yeah. I used to love like all that. So I just used to love fitness and I used so to like love working out. Were you an athlete in high school? Like did you So, play- so the thing about it, like due to like, so I would randomly like doing the fitness stuff and then tr- transitioning it into sports. So I would do like gymnastics, field hockey, okay. um, things that required like heavy conditioning. I would just randomly faint mm-hmm. and no one would really understand or know exactly like what was going on there. So I would like black out, <laughs> I would come to, and of course you do that enough. Um, you know, your parents are just going to be like, you know, so you're not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Over so, yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and, and rightfully so, like, yeah. you know, like you're going to doctor after doctor after doctor and everything is coming back inconclusive. No one knows exactly mm-hmm. what's wrong, what's going, what's going on. No one can I, you know, put a finger on it. Um, you know, some, a doctor, like the last doctor that I saw, before I had like all the heart event stuff happen was like, yeah, it seems like you have childhood epilepsy and hopefully I'll just like grow out of it. Um, But it still wasn't like conclusive. So what ended up happening is that I was sidelined like physically and I hated that. So I decided to kind of take my health into my own hands once I got to college. And so I was like, I'm going to be as hydrated as I can be. I'm going to try to eat well. I'm going to work out. And I think the last time I had like fainted and had like an episode was like my freshman year of college and then it never happened again. So if you take like that, I graduate, I go to grad school and then I'm like preparing for like the broad street run. I'm taking like all these crazy like workout classes. I didn't know, didn't have any problems. I was doing a hit class. I did, uh, that's how I kind of got into indoor cycling. I was doing spin classes. I was doing yoga. I was doing everything, like everything. And because I was in charge of like my own food and it wasn't like college food, I I had like a pescatarian diet. Like I was just like as healthy as I could. The epitome of health, right? Like yeah, the epitome of health. 
I was literally the healthiest I think I had ever been in my life at the time. Right. So I was running like eight miles preparing for Broad Street. And then what ended up happening, because I was going to run with my cohort. I mean, I'm sure you guys know Alex. Alex is like queen running, like <laughs> literally can run like 10 miles and was like, oh, that's my, my, my short run of the week. Like, like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, girl. <laughs> we're athletic with your cohort. I think we did other things <laughs> with our cohort. We were just drinking. We were just pretty much drinking. I mean, we did that too. <laughs> we did that too. And then, and then decided to run the next day. So, um, you know, it's, it's so that, you know, but uh, so we were preparing for Broad Street Run, and I was like, all right, like, one of the things that you could do to prepare for a run is to do, pre like, these other smaller runs, just to kind of gauge yourself and get into, like, sort of race mindset, and I had chosen to do the Organ Dono Dash, which was, I think, April 12th, April 12th or April 14th, and so I had, I wanted to do the Organ Dono Dash, and then the next race after that was going to be Broad Street, because I think that was, like, maybe, like, the first Sunday in May, so, like, May yeah. 5th or something like that. So, I, the Organ Dono Dash literally was a 10K, so it was, like, 6.2 miles. I've done 6.2 miles. That wasn't even anything that was, like, like no problem. Yeah. supremely intimidating to me, um, and it was me and Aaron. <laughs> we had ran the race together, and I remember... You know, my goal was to finish at, um, I was supposed to do 10 minute miles, right? So I wanted to finish the Broad Street run in like an hour and a half because I was 10 miles. And so I was like, all right, if I could do the 6.2 miles in, in like in an hour, like I'm, I'm good to go. Like I'm, I'm pacing myself for this uh, for Broad Street. So we go and we do the race and like literally halfway through the race, I'm like, I'm so tired. <laughs> I don't know whether I didn't hydrate enough or whatever the case may be. I'm so exhausted. I don't understand what's going on. So, you know, Aaron's like, I see that she's trying to pace herself and she's like slowing down. I'm like, girl, don't even worry about it. Like, go ahead. You know, I'll meet you at our designated spot. I'll be fine. I'm just, I think it's just didn't hydrate enough, you know, and it's catching up to me, you know, damn that wine. So, you know, I'm like, running and running i see the the um the finish line and um the clock is right up on top of like the finish line so i'm looking at it and i'm like oh my gosh it's like 58 it's like you know like 58 point you know zero eight you know minutes have gone by i want to finish this in 60 minutes <laughs> so i literally get to as closer i get to the finish line the more i pick up my speed and then i sprint <laughs> I sprint across the finish line. I finish in like 60 minutes. I was like, yes. And then I was like, I'm going to faint. <laughs> and so I literally, and, and the thing about it is that people are like, oh my gosh, weren't you like so scared? Like during that moment, I was like, no, I was like so used to it by then. Yeah. Like that's how often I was fainting when I was younger that like, even in the midst of having this happen to me, I was trying to like literally walk around and find like an EMT so I could faint in front of the EMT. Yeah. Wow. But I was just so exhausted so that like normal. I couldn't do like, it. That's what I do now. Yeah. So I was just like, eh, I can't find anybody. I'm just going to sit down on the finish line and someone will see like this girl has like passed on the finish line. 
We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash shrink chicks so i sit on the finish line i pass out and then i wake up and i'm in the hospital but it's it's not the usual waking up in the hospital um and and again there for me there for me there is a usual (laughs) (laughs) usual for you yeah just because this this happened and it's odd because it happens so it happens so infrequently but frequently enough that it was like norm yeah you know so it wasn't my usual like hospital jam like I had like um I still have some of like the scar like a little bits of like scars on like my arms from it but like I had like two IVs in both arms. I had a tube down my throat, so I was intubated. Um, and I was just like, wow, like I must really be dehydrated. Like that was the first thing that came to my mind. It was like, I'm extremely dehydrated. And there was a, a doctor like on the side of, or a nurse on the side of the bed and she was just like looking at me and I'm looking at her and she's just like, 
I'll be right back. And they bring the doctor in, they take out the tube. And the doctor said, I don't remember saying this, but the doctor said the first thing I said, like after he took out the tube was like, oh, that's gross. Um, and then like the, the second thing, the second thing I said that I actually do remember was like, all right, so what's the deal? Give me the rundown. What happened? You know, what's really like, you know, doc, what's the damage? I have an interview on Thursday. And, you know, when I'm do like, I get out of here? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I have an interview on Thursday. Yeah, I have to write my, right? You're like, we gotta I have to go. Write, I have to write my master's thesis. Like, I, my mind literally went back to the life that I was living pre, you know, this event. And the doctor was just, like, looking at me, like, looking at the nurse. And he was like, um, so you didn't, like, faint because of dehydration. Like, you had a massive, like, heart attack. And it is now um tuesday <laughs> you've been in here since sunday oh my god I, or yeah and so he was like yeah you're not going anywhere anytime soon we gotta figure out like what's so so you had thought it just on. happened right like yeah you- i thought it was same day i thought it was same day i thought like i had, had been in there for maybe like <laughs> two hours wow. like i got an iv i'm hydrated let's play. yeah I'm that's go. I, i'm hydrated that's exactly the reason why i woke up because <laughs> like, the <laughs> you know the the iv fluids hit um and i and i feel great and he was like, no, like you've been here for days. Wow. What was so literal days? What went through your mind at that point? I think, you know, being young and, and naive and and really just kind of in this grind culture. Um, I wasn't thinking about anything. I, it just didn't dawn on me. I was just like, okay, so what does that mean? When do I get out? You know, I just <laughs> wanted to kind of get back to my life, I think I was in such a flow and in such a groove with what was going on in my life at the time that I just was knee deep in that grind culture, in that momentum. I mean, you both know what it's like to kind of be at the end of like grad school and looking for jobs or trying to establish something. You know, you're just like, I don't want anything kind of getting in my path or getting in my way. Like, I finally, what is it I have to do? Finally, got to the end. I have to. I have to finish I it. Just, I just want to stand there in front of Ken Coleman and present <laughs> this crap. <laughs> you know, it's just like, Ken, read me the filth, whatever yeah. it is that you have to say about what was wrong with the right. dis- Like, criticize all my work and let's get it over with. <laughs> yeah, so I could get my damn degree. Like, I was just so, you know, the, 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 it was like grad, at grad school exhaustion <laughs> mm-hmm. paired with the excitement of like, you know, in my mind, being like 25 and starting your life, you know what I mean? Like starting your life with like a master's degree and what that kind of means, you know, what I thought that meant for me. Um, And what, you know, it's like, I'm going to get a cute apartment and I'm going to do this and I'm going to, you know, like, I just was ready to start my life. And um, this, this very much was a halt to my life. Um, I'm I'm wondering, you know, we are a culture that's like so obsessed with health. Like, mm-hmm. like a culture obsessed with like health and wellness and what that looks like and we talk about it like this they have like in theory you were the epitome of health at this time mm-hmm. right? and I think there is like so much you know we've talked about like weight bias and health at every size and all this stuff and I'm wondering how does this like inform things for you now how you think about the term of health 
You know, it's interesting, I think, because of my experience and this and it's one part my experience as being somebody who I think has an invisible illness because, you know, what what is actually wrong with my heart is technically heart disease. Like I have like an anomalous left coronary artery. And for anybody who's like, girl, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> that means that like my left coronary artery is attached on the right hand side. So my heart looks like it has two right coronary arteries while the left coronary artery is doing a lot of gymnastics to kind of pump blood to the left, left-hand side of the heart still. And the reason why I had my heart attack is that like that artery was getting pinched between two other arteries that were way, way more major and, and larger in size than it was. And this one time it just remained pinched, which caused like congestive heart failure, the heart attack wow. and all of that and the cardiac arrest. And did you... So, was that no? We were gonna say it is that when you found out like why you were passing out? Early? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, I think I think there's just so much about my upbringing and about my identity. So, one being like a somebody who has like a chronic illness or an invisible illness that informs things. Being somebody who has predominantly always been, who has had the privilege of always being the same size. Mm-hmm. I think really in, informs my experience because I come from a family that just doesn't talk about weight. Mm-hmm. Like, like we just like, just don't talk about it because everyone is, um, besides like my parents, like right now, like they're, they're definitely, they're older. And now all of a sudden it's like, what was me? I have a pot belly. And it's like, you're 71. You're supposed to have a pot right. belly. <laughs> Or like, what was me? I can't lose, you know, I'm not a size like four anymore. You're in your 60s. You're not supposed to be a size four anymore. It doesn't really make sense. Um, but outside of that, like there's we've, there's never been any discussion about weight. And that's, that's a privilege, yes. you know, to not, you know, have a lot of like your life and things, you know, be, be focused around weight a lot of the things in our household was focused around my dad's diabetes. Mm-hmm. So it was again, a lot of, and so a lot of these things uh, about my thing about health is informed not about how somebody physically looks, but informed about chronic illness mm-hmm. or informed around like, you know, half of my, um, my dad's family, you know, all work in the medical field. So it's really about like actual illness than it is like how you physically look, you know, cause so, cause we know that like, looking good or looking thin or being skinny has nothing to do with like your health. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, everything that's kind of coming out now, I'm like, this isn't really like new news Mm -hmm. or or new information that I have to like throw into my repertoire. If anything, I feel like I have been, especially working in the fitness industry, I feel like I have been saying these things for a while and kind of being, been like ridiculed for saying these things because I was working in settings that um, was very much entrenched in diet culture. Yeah. It just, fitness is entrenched in diet culture. There's very few places um, where you can work and have that not be a, a, a marketing scheme or have that not be, well, not scheme, a marketing tactic or you know, not be involved in how you speak with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I, I, you know, I'm some type of person, somebody will be like, Oh my goodness. Like, you know, you snap right back after like pregnancy. How did you do it? And genetics. <laughs> and, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I, I, I have no problem telling you that it's genetics, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I'm, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, 
oh, you look like, like, how do you, how do you look this way and look this way, you know, while, you know, doing, how do you still have boobs as, you know, and, and work out all the time, you know, mm. genetics, you know, so it's not, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, yeah, you know, I've, I, I have, I, that's like the privilege that I have, you know, mm -hmm. and I have no problem telling you that, I'll help you, like, you know, get in shape to look, to have your body look the best that your body can look, but don't walk in here thinking that you're going to, you know, be like, how can I look like you when the only way you could look like me is have my parents. I, I mean, well, it's so true, right? So like Jen and I spend so much time together. We eat a ton of meals together. Jen, you're so, like, Jen is so tiny. It's right? genetics. It's just it's genetics. genetics. <laughs> it's, oh, and I, 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 I eat. Constantly. Like I work out and I, you know what I mean? And like, I would literally like never be in a size in a single digit like it's never going to be a thing that's ever my reality because genetically that's how it is and so when we have this idea about like equating that to health one it does discount all invisible illness Absolutely. right and you talk about a time of right now this quarantine with covid and people with compromised immune systems right like it's horrible uh, yeah, it's, it's so, it's, it really is a, a tragic situation. And you know, what's interesting is that like, um, even when people who have, who are immunocompromised, even looking at people who aren't immunocompromised, or this is also a reality, you're immunocompromised and you don't know it yet. Yes. Yes. So, so this is like a, you don't want to, you don't want the pandemic or the virus to be the thing that tells you really tells you that like, actually this problem and it's been underlying the whole entire time and the virus really brought it out right because that, that'd be very similar to my story mm -hmm. right you don't want to have to go through having a heart attack having a stroke there's lots of people who've been having strokes you know all these different the respiratory you know things and it's like yeah you were healthy before but you don't know you don't right. really know what was going on with, with you before that so, um no go ahead Jen. i was gonna say since since the the heart attack um how have you kind of managed um thinking like has it changed because i know you've always been into health always been into wellness has it changed kind of your anxiety surrounding like if is something going to happen or am I going to pass out and just because I you know if you talk to people with chronic illnesses or invisible illnesses there's a lot of anxiety around um I feel out of control of this or like something could happen at any moment like is there any anxiety that has come up since then um not you know what so I had um open heart surgery to semi-correct the issue like my, my you know my anomalous artery is still there but they did a bypass to take like I think like a mammillary artery and pipe it to the left side of my heart so now it's like I have two left coronary arteries so that kind of like fixed the problem um but it doesn't really fix your mindset like for me it partially fixed the mindset because that was the whole point of me having the surgery was so that I wouldn't just have to like live off of like you know, a stent. I would, I would actually like feel limitless in what I was doing because I had this, I had this open heart surgery and I had this corrective surgery. So I felt limitless in my physical activities. However, it, it, you know, there was still damage that was done to my heart. And I think like, you know, my, my heart functioning is like lower than most because of like the, the heart attack. And it makes me think about like myself in the future around things that I've never done before. So with fitness, I feel pretty limitless. But when it comes to things like having a baby, 
or which is happening you know, in a few weeks we should yes like, <laughs> like you know it, and that has that that experience has been totally riddled with like well you know that you're high risk mm-hmm. and it's like you hear that all the time so it's like you know you're I'm, I'm stuck in the cross the cross of like or the intersection of I've gotten this elective surgery to make myself feel limitless and it does make me feel limitless with the things that I was doing before I had the heart attack, right? So like things like physical fitness, you know, I, I finally ran Broad Street <laughs> two years ago. Um, so like, you know, it makes me feel limitless to that capacity, but it doesn't make me feel limitless with things I've never done before that have nothing to do specifically to do with like physical fitness. Okay. So like having a heart attack, I mean, having a baby, you don't know how that's going to impact you. Growing another human, you don't know how that's going to impact you. Giving birth, like the physical act of giving birth, you don't know how that's going to impact you. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that. All promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks. Say goodbye to the cheap razor era, my friends. It's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with Athena Club. Em and I just got back from an amazing trip to the Caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice, the therapy group. And in haste of packing, because yours truly is a packing procrastinator, I forgot my Athena Club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth, a mistake I will never make again. The Athena Club hype is real. The shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a 
a breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water activated serum and built in skin guards ensure a comfortable, irritation free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award-winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code SHRINKCHICKS at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. I don't know what my health is going to look like after I have the baby, right? I don't know what my life is going to look like as I age, you know, like still being as healthy as I possibly can. It doesn't necessarily mean that like, as the years go 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 on, just due to age, my heart is going to actually like decrease in its functioning. Mm-hmm. So it it does give me peace of mind in some ways, but in other ways, it's it, I always have to. It's just it's something that I always have to think about. Yeah. Whereas people who don't, you know, have a chronic illness, they probably don't have to walk around thinking about whether or not you can and cannot do something. Yeah, because it, it's it's something that, you know, st- that's why I asked because something that sticks in your mind and it sounds like fitness is, it's like something you know and you understand how your body responds to it and something um, that sounds like in a lot of ways has been a release for you and really helpful for you. Um, but like future things, right? Like giving birth is something that you don't know what's going to happen. So I can imagine that being anxiety provoking. Fitness is also something I have control over. Right. Like you can, like I can stop in the middle of a berries class, you know, yeah. like, of course, somebody's going to look at me funny and like, oh, you're an instructor at so-and-so you can't do this berries class. Like, yeah, fool my business. Like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like I, I have no, I'm very, I'm very much that type of person. Like I don't push myself to do um, things physically. Like once I start to feel wrong, like I stop. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, and I don't care. I, did, <laughs> like, I had, I don't know if you remember this a lot of one time I walked out of one of your flywheel classes and you like <laughs> sent me a text afterwards. It was like, Hey, are you okay? You look. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was done. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm pretty sure, well, hopefully, but I'm pretty sure I didn't shame you about it. No, like, oh, you're girl, like, you're like, you're like, I know. I think you said way to listen to your body. Like I was just like, yeah, I was done, man. Like I was just, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you have to learn me and me and Emily used to do these um, hot yoga classes oh, and be like, and they were 90 minutes. I don't know how we did it. They were 90 minutes. And they were, they were like, if you're, if you feel like it's too much, or you're going to pass out. Just, child's uh, post. I was in child's post that whole fucking class. We were in child's post for so long. <laughs> listen i'm i'm the i'm the queen of like listen to your body and stop doing something and 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 the thing about is that i think sometimes it's really hard to do that when you're someone who might not be as physically attuned to yourself or you're somebody who's trying to prove something or just kind of being in fitness culture right especially if like fitness is a focus on weight loss you're not listening to your body you're listening to calories and thinking about goals and that becomes dangerous or yeah even what you said like sometimes people are worried about what other people are going to think in the class yes i think that that happens way that happens way more than i think uh, people people want to admit 
Absolutely. I think it gives me motivation being in the class. I'm like, well, I can't, I can't stop now because you know, this person's going, it's so easy to compare yourself in those classes. It's, it really is. Especially when it's, it's like when it's group fitness and you know, you're, there'd be times where I remember like people were out in third at like flywheel and anybody who like doesn't know what being out in third Mm -hmm. means. It means like being off the saddle and just kind of like riding, but your butt is like in the air, basically and you're Uh holding onto the, uh, the handlebars. And, you know, there's people that I would see and be like, you are struggling in third. And I'm not saying this to embarrass you. I'm saying this so you don't kill yourself. Yeah. Sit down. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> you can get a great workout seated the entire 45 minutes. I promise you. Sit down. Like, yeah. you think it to be like, what, like, you have to ask yourself when you're thinking about like intentional and joyful fitness is like, what are you doing this for? Like, yeah. And I, yeah. Right. And that, that was the thing that kind of brought me to flywheel. Like it was like, it was a joyful thing for me. It wasn't, it was never, it was never work. And the moments where it was work, I was like, it had nothing to do with me <laughs> mm-hmm. and everything to do with like, you have to promote this or you have to do this or you, you know, like little like stupid stuff that you got to do at work that like drains you from the things that you actually want to yeah. do. Yeah. You know, it's just like yeah. us, like, you know, probably doing a lot of work with like insurance companies and we're like, we're invoicing and all this. Like, I was like, I don't want to do anything administrative. (laughs) Yes. I just want to sit with the people. Uh, Can I just sit with sad people? (laughs) That's why we went into this. I just want to sit with somebody sad. Damn. I don't want to know. I don't want to do that invoice stuff. I'm the worst. I'm the worst with invoices. I'm like, I tell my clients, I'm just like, keep harassing me. Yeah, same. Same. You can follow up with me like five times, get invoiced. It's horrible. It's really same. It is same. (laughs) Same. It it literally is like, it's literally like pulling my own teeth. Oh, I don't want to do it. Oh, mm, but it has to come out. And then it takes you like 10 minutes and you're like, why did I do this to myself? That's, that's some deeper shit we should look into. Okay, wait, Alana, we have some listener questions. Oh, yes. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, this is a really good one. I think is important. Someone had asked in, do you have any tips to encourage stubborn at-risk, specifically male family members to see a cardiologist and be proactive? Oh gosh, you know what? Play them this podcast. <laughs> um, but you know what the thing about a healthy girl who had a heart attack and open heart surgery, right? Like you better fucking go in and check. Um, but the thing that's like one of the hardest things though. Like you, you can't another thing that I learned about like, you know, when it comes to being body aware or being healthy, quote unquote, and doing the air quotes for people who can't see us. Um, is that you can't push upon your own, you can't push your ideas or your ideals about health and wellness, even if they are correct, onto somebody else. Mm. And and so I think one of the things that you can do is speak at it from a place of like concern and empathy and not from a space of like, well, this is what you need to be doing. Mm. So for instance, like if I was trying to, you know, get my dad to stop eating like, you know, white bread or something. Um, it's like, you know, dad, like, I love what, you know, I'm saying this, <laughs> it's good. It's good. But I don't think it's good for people who are diabetic. Oh yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So I was, you know, you know, I'd be like, you know, dad, like I'm on, like, I know that you know how to eat and I know that, you know, you have your own concerns about like, what is it you, you know, you're, you're smart and you're responsible, but you know, I'm concerned about, you know, how this might impact your body. And I, and I really, you know, I want you to consider 
you know, what, what could be some possible different options just because I, I, you know, I want you to be here for the long haul. Mm, yeah. You know, right. that's very different than coming at somebody for, you know, being judgy around like, um, when was the last time I was judgy around somebody's fitness? I think somebody was like hobbling around or, and, you know, they were clearly injured. And I was like, if you don't take your ass to the doctor, like, this is so ridiculous. Like, you know, this is foolish, right? That, that does not work. Right. That does not work. Right. So coming, coming at it with a place of like, you know, letting the person know that they, that they are smart and that they know that they know something is up with their body. Right. Or that, that, that they're hitting like a certain age. Right. Um, and that you're really coming at it from a place of like compassion and concern using your own I statements around why it is that you want them to go. Like, you know, I, I, I feel concerned when, you know, I see you out of breath, you know, after walking up like a flight of stairs or, you know, I'm concerned because heart disease runs in our family. I would really love for you to get mm -hmm. checked. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be way more um, well received than coming at it from a place of judgment. Yeah. All right. Um, someone had asked, what did you tell yourself while you were at the lowest point? to get through oh man a good one that is a good one because I think something that people don't take into account when it comes to invisible illness or resiliency or when you have something happen to your body um is that you know the the hard in my opinion the hard part isn't the physical stuff you get over that the hard part is the mental and emotional stuff and so that was like the hardest part for me and so I think for me, when I was in the thick of it, because I had I went to like a really deep depression post um, surgery because like you, I was twenty five. All your plans you, derailed, man. Plans were derailed. I could I literally went from like living my life like I was twenty five to living mm -hmm. my life like I was like seventy five. Mm -hmm. um, all of your independence is sort of taken away from you. Like you know, my workouts went from you know high intensity interval training and spin and swimming to like a lap around target. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. um so I think when I was in the thick of it I think something that I was really reaching for and pulling for I, I relied heavily on my faith at the time and um I think just being honest with like somebody out other than myself you know it's very easy for us to kind of like s sit with what we're kind of going through and I think it wasn't until like I was like honest with like my husband about like where I was that, you know, somebody outside of you kind of really need to be like, Hey, you're depressed. You know, that? <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it was a matter of like, this is temporary, you know, like I, I physically, this, this physically, this was temporary, emotionally and mentally, this could be temporary and I can reach and continue to pull for what it is that I need in order to get to where, where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was a, it was a, like a combination of doing physical things to kind of take me out of that emotion instead of just like sitting in it. Um, but also just like one of my favorite phrases is like little by little until a little becomes a lot. <laughs> and that was like peak heart attack and open heart surgery for me. It was like, everything was like a, a victory <laughs> after, wow. as I was going through certain things, you know, like, Oh my goodness. Like, I'm able to like get off of this freaking life alert vest, like victory. Like every, everything was like a, a little, a little win for me. So little by little until a little becomes a lot and know that it's not, it's not forever. It's temporary. Wow. Do you think that the, like the fact that you had already went through grad school was helpful in knowing that, you know, this is something that is temporary that you will 
work through it. I think sometimes when people are in kind of the thick of depression, it's really hard to see that it is temporary or it is something that you can work through with help. Um, like, was there anything that allowed you to know that this is something I will be able to work through? No, (laughs) I'll be totally honest. I think, um, being in grad school didn't, didn't really, I think, shift my mentality around like, oh, you're experiencing depression. And this just goes to show you that like, there is a level of dissonance between the the person who is a professional at something mm-hmm. going through what they're what going through something that that has to do with their profession yeah right like so that's just like saying like um what's there's like a saying like the, the doctors make the worst patients yes you know <laughs> and it, and and that's part of the reason why i am not a good client i'm a horrible horrible client uh, you know what I try I think I think because of where I was when I started doing when I started like doing my own personal therapy for me I was just like very hungry for yeah. it so I was like let's go if anything I was probably a bad client in this in that way where it's like all right boom that thing's over yeah sometimes I like can like just be like let's be like let's move through right like yeah. it's like fuck I'm it. like I'm like analyzing myself the yeah. whole time I'm like I can do this like I'll do this work like you don't you just sit there it's Fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alana, I have a bigger question for you. Ready for someone who wrote in a little story? You ready? Ooh. Okay. I have an aunt who recently lost some some people in her life suddenly. Her husband to a brain aneurysm and then her father to a heart attack both in the last year. She now has constant anxiety about her blood work levels, even if another family member who's a doctor assures her they are normal. She even worries about her cat's health. Um, consistently. She is diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which doesn't help with her controlling and ruminating on these worries. Any tips for how to manage anxiety specifically related to potential medical issues for herself and others? Breaks your heart, huh? That's tough. Yeah, wow. that's really tough, man. You know, and, and the thing about it is that, like, I understand why she's reaching for those things, because she's reaching for the things that she, that she believes she has some level of control over, mm-hmm. right? Um, something that you know i i find myself doing is like I, on my phone i have like a, a heart rate app and so sometimes when i'm not like feeling well like i'll pull out the heart rate app and i'll like check my my you know my heart rate and i'm like oh my goodness i'm over 100 bpms that's the reason why i don't feel well like you know it's just it's something to reassure her so yeah. i totally understand why she does that and it actually makes a whole lot of sense yeah um so I'm wondering, you know, one out, outside of like, I think a, a therapist and getting off and getting somebody who probably specializes in, in medical therapy, right. And, and, mm-hmm. or medical issues and chronic illness would be very helpful for her. Um, and also grief, like definitely doing some grief counseling would be very helpful for her. But I'm also wondering what else in her life can she have control over that's going to bring her joy instead of continue to have her ruminate in, in the, the, you know, sort of the medical space or like the health space, right? Is there a way for her to control something in her life that makes her, that gives her joy and, and mm-hmm. gives her some, some level of peace um, and freedom versus I think ruminating consistently over this thing, mm-hmm. right? Cause those, the, you really don't have control over the numbers. You have control over how often you see the numbers but you don't have control over the actual numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but what she can have control over is, you know, how she lives her life, 
um, how loudly and, and proudly she lives her life, you know, um, and doing things that's going to add to her, her peace of mind that have nothing to do with numbers that are out of her control. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Perfect. Thank you. That was incredible. Alana, how you're amazing as always. I, I will continue to, um, bite at your ankles and follow you wherever you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> how can people find you? Uh, right now, I'm utilizing uh, the good old gram as my as my calling card, as my uh, business card. So you can find me on Instagram at underscore Alana Gardner underscore. So that's at underscore A L A N N A um, G A R D N E R underscore on Instagram. And so we'll Alana with two on, N's. And we'll and we'll tag you on our all of our social media so people can find you. And you're not taking clients right now, right? But maybe you will. So I'm, uh, you know, the goal is to uh, continue to want, well, to take clients um, at the end of, end of October, okay. first week, November. So, so if you I'll, want so to make be- an appointment with Alana, you can plan for it to be end of October, early November, and you can reach yes, out. Yes, email me and, and get yes. on the wait list. You can be on the wait list. Yes. Perfect. Alana, thank you for being thank here. You so thank you so much. It was me. incredible to hear your story. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I always love uh, hearing, hearing from you too, so it's great. It's so we, good to see you. <laughs> virtually. I, mean, I know, I like, like she's seeing human beings, right? Yes. yes. Amazing to see human beings. <laughs> Thanks for being here today. We Thank love you. listeners. We will Thank see you. Thank you. Episode.